Welcome to Let's Talk Football with me, Richard. Unfortunately, Chris is not here this week, so I'm flying solo to take you around what has been going on this week in football. In the podcast we have this week, Harry Kane becoming England's top all-time goal scorer. Antonio Conte finally leaving Tottenham with Julian Nagelsmann seeming the favourite to take over. And it's been a good start for the British teams in Euro qualifying. So without further ado, let's talk football. Hello, everybody. I am here with you for Let's Talk Football. And we talk, first of all, about Antonio Conte leaving Tottenham. Now, it's finally happened. After a week and a bit of delays and whatever has been going on behind the scenes at Tottenham Hotspur, he has left by mutual agreement. And with Christian Stellini and Ryan Mason taking charge for the rest of the Premier League season. In the statement, Daniel Levy thanks Antonio Conte for his contribution and wishes him well. But other than that, is a very short statement from the chairman. We have 10 Premier League games to go and we have a fight on our hands for a Champions League place. We need to pull together everyone to step up and ensure the highest possible finish for our club and our amazing loyal supporters. Wow. Okay then. So, obviously, is it a good decision? It probably is a good decision in the hindsight, obviously, after the thing with Southampton, that he just kind of let ripped in me at the players last weekend. So yeah, he has gone. Stellini takes over. Ryan Mason is his assistant for the rest of the season. Julian Nagelsmann is currently the favourite to take over. Although whether he'll want to take time and think about things before he moves into a new position. Obviously, there'll be a lot of jobs up in the summer. Let's talk of Carlo Ancelotti going to Brazil. So Real Madrid may well have a vacancy. It's probably the wrong time for us to be looking for a new manager. But hey, we are here. Obviously, Antonio Conte was probably going to leave in the summer anyway. We've just brought that forward to, well, see what happens, really. I guess with 10 games to go, obviously, the sides behind us are catching us and will probably catch us. I think our chances of finishing in the top four are slim, if I'm brutally honest. But there we are. That is the situation with Antonio Conte. Moving on to the qualifiers we've had. So we've had a busy international break. Obviously, England beating Italy for the first time in Italy since 1961. Harry Kane scoring the record-breaking goal in that game from the penalty spot, trying to banish those memories of the World Cup. I don't think it's gone all the way to doing that, but it certainly will have helped. And England played pretty well in that game, to be fair. Luke Shaw being sent off with 10 minutes to play. Italy, they didn't really do too much, did they, in the second half? They got the goal, but after that, I thought England were very comfortable. I hope you agree with that as they got off to a winning start. Did the same thing against Ukraine. Nice 2-0 win for England in an emotionally charged game with Ukraine, obviously, with what's been going on with out in Russia and them invading Ukraine. So, yeah, England six points from six from their opening matches of the qualification campaign. Obviously, in a fairly easy group, you would have to say, with Ukraine, Malta, North Macedonia and Italy, you know, to get two wins straight out of the block against the two probably sides you expect to finish maybe second or third. That is a very good start for England and much needed after the World Cup, definitely. 
Moving on to Scotland, who had a surprise win yesterday over Spain. Scott McTominay scored four goals in two games for Scotland after they beat Cyprus the other day. So, yeah, a great win for Scotland. Fantastic win for Scotland to get them off to six points from six in a very tough group for them, it has to be said. Spain, Georgia, Norway and Cyprus in with them. Obviously, Norway with Erling Haaland and Martin Odegaard. That's going to be, you know, that is essentially Wales in Norwegian form, isn't it? Obviously, Gareth Bale retiring after the World Cup. Speaking of Wales, they did pick up a win over Latvia last night. Kiefer Moore with the only goal. You just worry about Wales a little bit. Obviously, losing Gareth Bale, that is a huge loss to Wales and Welsh football. And there's not many cabs coming off the rank that will replace Gareth, I don't think. Obviously, you've got people like Brennan Johnson. Brennan's a good player. Done very well for Nottingham Forest this season. So, yeah, it's interesting to see how Wales will adapt without Gareth Bale. Because Aaron Ramsey, obviously, is the, the next one, the next talisman. But Aaron is getting on a bit, to be fair to him. He's had a good season with Nice. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Wales progress. Although they did get a good draw against Croatia in the opening match of Group D. They're in with Croatia, Turkey, Armenia and Latvia in Euro qualifying. Moving on to Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland have had a mixed bag to start with and that's probably made their task even harder to get out of their group. They won their first game against San Marino, only by two goals to nil though, has to be said, but they lost to Finland in the second match. It wasn't Timu Puki who scored the goal, which is interesting. Didn't realise there were any other Finnish players, but there we are. Big result, though, from the first round of matches was Kazakhstan beating Denmark to put the cat amongst the pigeons in Group H. So Northern Ireland are with Slovenia, Denmark, Kazakhstan, Finland and San Marino. And that's going to be fairly interesting to see if they get out of that. You would expect Slovenia and Denmark will probably progress through to Euro 2024. And finally, we talk about the Republic of Ireland, who lost 1-0 to France. France, having beaten Ronald Koeman's Holland in the first match. Obviously, the Dutch under the stewardship now again of Ronald Koeman after Louis van Gaal left after the World Cup. And they were beaten 4-0. They were behind 3-0 inside 20 minutes. The new regime did not get off to a great start although they did win their second match in their group. So yeah, Ireland only playing the one game so far with Gibraltar, Holland, Greece and France. You would expect probably France and the Netherlands to get out of that group. But again, Ireland are in a bit of the same position of Wales. Obviously, Ewan Ferguson is the man that they are looking to now. Obviously, the likes of Robbie Keane, Roy Keane from back in the day, even going further back towards Andy Townsend, and Ray Houghton from the side that made the World Cup back in the USA in 94. You know, it's a tough ask for Ireland. They need some more to come through. And to play in sort of the higher level, I think, obviously most of these players are in the championship. There are a few Premier League players, obviously with Seamus Coleman, Gavin Bazuna, Matt Doherty was with Tottenham fairly recently. So, yeah, obviously up against France. 1-0 is actually a fairly good scoreline. 
Liverpool to be Keelan Mbappe. Anything is possible. So yeah, Ireland off to a losing start. Right then. So I'm going to take us around the world. And it's only a quick trip around the world this week. You're starting the WSL, where Manchester City beat Chelsea by two goals to nil. Arsenal hammered Tottenham 5-1 in the North London derby. Whoops. Manchester United beat West Ham by four goals to nil, meaning three points separate the top four in the WSL. It's going to be a fascinating title race going down to the wire for them. Aston Villa put five past Leicester as Reading and Brighton drew, as did Everton and Liverpool, drawing the largest crowd for a women's game in the Merseyside derby at Goodison Park. Lovely to see that. Next to League One, where after 23 games unbeaten, Sheffield Wednesday lost for the second time in a row. They lost to Forest Green, giving Duncan Ferguson his first win as Rovers boss at the 10th time of asking. To League Two, where leaders Lake Norrin were held by relegation threat and Hartlepool. Their lead is still five points at the top, though the big game was found at the Lamech Stadium, where Salford beat Stevenage, meaning the next six after Orient are separated by eight points. The League Two promotion race is getting very, very interesting. Now, it was non-league day last Saturday, so we'll dip into the National League as well, where Wrexham and Notts County both hit their centuries in wins over York and Scunthorpe, respectively, with the non-league Harland. Macaulay Longstaff hitting his 38th and 39th goals of the season so far. And to think, only one of these sides are automatically promoted from this league. It's shocking, really, and hopefully... Someone will change it in the near future. And lastly, I head to the MLS, where DC United lost again, this time to New England. Defending champions LAFC squeaked past FC Dallas by the same score. And it's really hats off to St. Louis, who secured a fifth win from five to lead the Western Conference by five points. Well done to them. No news on Donis Afijaj. He is out until early April. But obviously Hartberg were not in action due to the European qualifiers. So nothing to really talk about with Donis. But we'll preview next weekend's Premier League games. And we start at the Etihad. Manchester City taking on Liverpool at 12.30. Bournemouth against Fulham at 3 o'clock. Nottingham Forest against Wolves. Huge game down the bottom. As there is at Crystal Palace versus Leicester with Roy Hodgson taking charge of Crystal Palace for the first time. Second time round. Arsenal take on Leeds at 3 o'clock. Brighton take on Brentford to complete the 3 o'clock games on Saturday. Chelsea and Aston Villa is your 5.30 game. West Ham take on Southampton at 2 o'clock. Another huge game down the bottom of the Premier League. The battle for Champions League places then takes centre stage as Newcastle face Manchester United at 4.30 before Christian Stellini's first game in charge of Tottenham as they travel to Goodison Park take on Everton right I don't normally get to do this bit thank you so much for listening if you want to get in touch with the show you can tweet us at let's football pod or you can email us let's football pod at gmail.com we'll be back and I mean we'll be back next week as we discuss the latest round of Premier League fixtures and Chris will update us on what's been happening with the Manchester United takeover obviously the bids are all now in And now it's time to see who is going to get the preference and who might well own Manchester United before the end of the season. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next time. Bye.